0: are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch you every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is a great one, as Arkansas will be taking on LSU tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. in Fayetteville and it's going to be a great game just like it always is, the battle of the golden boot, if you will. And we have a very special guest that's going to be joining us to talk more about it as he's actually going to be on call on the SEC network, and that is Taylor Sarzer, who does a great job with them and is not on social media, if you can believe it or not, but it's always great to catch up with him about everything going on in the SEC. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome him in. Taylor, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great, guys. Hope you are.
1: Yes, we are. Yes, we are. In fact, uh, it's great when Arkansas and LSU always meet every football season. And this year, though, it's a little different for many reasons. Obviously, COVID been a part of it, but Arkansas, LSU, both teams in different situations than what they were last year. Uh, Just start right there. What do you think of this matchup between these two teams? And what do you think about uh, Arkansas and the job that they've done so far in year one under Sam Pittman?
0: Well, First of all, I think that he's the coach of the year in the Southeastern Conference. I know their record is 3-4, and four, although the Razorbacks fans I'm sure would refer to their uh, record maybe as 4-3, and three, given what happened uh, in the Auburn game that I called uh, earlier this year. But uh, I think he's done an incredible job, and I think that if you were playing a normal-type schedule, that this team would be at about six or seven wins at the end of the year, given the way that uh, they've performed so far this year, certainly good enough to get into a bowl game. And, you know, if that were the case, then, again, I think given where Arkansas's program has been the last couple of years, not winning a conference game, that would have been good enough to be the, the SEC coach of the year. So I think he has a real strong chance of, of that happening, If especially if they win this game tomorrow, uh, maybe beat Missouri next week. Then uh, if Arkansas is able to get in, in the season with five conference wins, in the toughest conference in the country and with one of the toughest schedules in the country, that'd be a a heck of an impressive job, especially given how many of the same players they have from those teams that weren't able to be successful the last couple of years. And, you know, as for the matchup guys, I don't really have any idea what we're going to get tomorrow because of what you were just referring to with uh, some of the issues Arkansas is dealing with with COVID right now. And uh, I do know that there are going to be some guys that are going to be missing, especially on the defense, that we'll find out about in the next uh, uh, few hours before we get to uh, kickoff tomorrow. Um, and then on the, the other side, I mean, LSU had not played a football game in three weeks. Their season has been a disaster compared to what their where their program was. And, and you do wonder, especially on the defensive side, just how fired up these guys are going to be to play football, given what's going on. So your guess is as good as mine on what we're going to get tomorrow. But I'd be highly surprised if we didn't see a motivated Arkansas team. Do you think that Coach Pittman, assuming that Arkansas could get five wins, would have a realistic chance of winning Coach of the Year? And uh, not knowing what to expect going into this game tomorrow, what has impressed you so far by Arkansas this season? Yeah, I mean, again, I guess you know my my reaction to that would be: Who else would we vote for? It'd be Dan Mullins done a great job. Nick Saban always does a great job. Jimbo Fisher has his team. I get, you could argue as his best team that he's had. Um, you know, I, outside of those guys who are obvious choices, but they're also expected to be top ten, top fifteen, top twenty teams. I, I don't know who you would, who else you would consider other than Sam Pittman. Um, usually, this award goes to somebody who does, who exceeds expectations, and no one has exceeded expectations more than than Arkansas has this year. So. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's got a a great chance to be the coach of the year. When it's also and what was the second part? Uh, What what has Arkansas done that's impressed you so far this season? Well, I think Felipe Franks is where I would start. Is just offensively the amount of rhythm that they've been able to have on offense with Franks, a quarterback who's as um, accurate of a passer as there is in the Southeastern Conference. He's really valued the football. He's very smart with it. You know, I there were some times in the past where Franks kind of reminded me of Jarrett Garantano at Tennessee, played kind of above his skis, if you will, and, um, and he got his team into trouble and and um, was too emotional out there on the football field. And Franks is, hasn't done any of that this year. I mean, he's been an incredible leader, voted the team captain. Um, so I, I guess I would start there. And then on the defensive side, Barry Odom's defense being so opportunistic and leading the country in interceptions, especially with all the inexperience they have in their secondary. They played 11 guys against Florida, 11 defensive backs last week against Florida, all of which are underclassmen. So um, this is going to be a really good secondary for years to come. So, I mean, that's where I would start It's just how how many interceptions they have and just how smart Franks has been with the football.
1: You know, as much of a turnaround Arkansas has had in a positive way from last year, LSU is probably the most opposite, where last year, I mean, they just rolled through everybody winning a national championship, and this year they've really struggled. I know there's a lot of pieces and a lot of things that they've missed from last year, but what would you say is the biggest problem with LSU? Why are they struggling so much this year?
0: Well, I think you just hit on it. I mean, I'll get to some, some other reasons, but that is the reason, is there isn't a team in the 21st century that's won the national championship that's gone through a transition like this. I wouldn't even, I don't even know who would be the, who's had the second biggest transition. It's so far uh, above and beyond what a national championship program has had to go through. You lose both of your coordinators. You lose five first round draft picks, including the first overall pick, the quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner, and Joe Burrow. You lose all, all but two of your starters total on both sides of the football. You lose three backups. You lose three guys that opt out before the season starts. And then the guy that's supposed to be the quarterback gets hurt a few weeks ago, Miles Brennan, and he's probably out for the season. And now you're starting a true freshman and quarterback. So, you know, you put all of that together, I don't think that there's anybody that could have had much better record than LSU has right now. So, I mean, that, that is the biggest issue. They have been so bad on defense, and they are giving up a ton of yards, especially in their secondary passing numbers for every, in, in every game. The opposition has been able to really be um, it, it, it successful throwing the football. And, it, you know, they do have, they have Derek Stingley back there as one of the best quarterbacks in the country. But I think the reason they're having so much success, the, the opposition so far this year, is the lack of pass rush that LSU has created on the defensive side of the ball. You go from a guy in Dave Aranda, the defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach at Baylor, who's a soft-spoken guy, mild-mannered, to Bo Pelini, who I, I can't think of two people in the world that are more different than Dave Aranda and Bo Pelini. And, you know, So far, I think this transition has been very difficult. So on top of all of the players they lost, I think that just the communication on defense is so vastly different than it was with who was running that side of the ball last year, and that, that's been a big issue for them so far.
1: We'll continue our discussion with Taylor Zarzer here in just a second. But first, folks, you all need to chill, You chill, chill, relax, kick back, enjoy yourselves this weekend. Some of you may not be making the trip to Fayetteville, going to be turning on the game. There's nothing better to do while you're watching the game at 11 o'clock early morning, right? Get to drinking with Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. You can't drink all day unless you start early as the old adage goes. And Coors Light is the exactly the drink and the beverage that you need to feel relaxed and chill because it's literally made to chill with its cold lager, cold filtered and cold packaged. That's what it's all about. You want a little me time, you want to just hang out. Hang out with your buddies. And nothing is better than Coors Light, reaching for that, drinking it and drinking it again and again and again and more and more and more until you can go out and celebrate. A Razorback victory over LSU with Coors Light. It's the only one I choose when I need to online. so when you need to hit the reset button, reach for that beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are
0: locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
1: Well, it was also cool to see that Ed Orgeron, who we know had success last year, him and Sam Pittman exchanged a phone call earlier this week, and Sam Pittman was thanking Ed Orgeron for kind of paving the way for line coaches to get head coaching positions, because you don't see that very often, and you haven't in college football. But the success of Ed Orgeron, the early success of Sam Pittman, we'll see how far he takes it. Do you feel like... Here in the future, of college football, you're going to start seeing more programs maybe look at offensive line or defensive line coaches and say, you know what, maybe we'll go that route because we see the success of Eddie O and Sam Pittman at Arkansas.
0: I think it's a great plan because if you look at Dabo Sweeney, for example, who was basically a wide receivers coach when he became the interim head coach at Clemson, he allowed his coordinators to do their job. He didn't. He wasn't trying to get in the way and become too much involved with one side of the football. And I think that's the same with Sam Pittman. Pittman's never called a play. Pittman loves to recruit. He loves to love up on all of his players. And he's done an outstanding job of ingratiating himself with the fan base, too. So I think it it works well if you can find the right person to do that because then you let Kendall Bryles call all the plays. You're not ever going to try to mess with that. And on the defensive side, you're going to let a guy in Barry Odom who is just over the moon to be a defensive coordinator again? So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more examples of this in the future. And it's interesting what you said about that call uh, that that Sam had with Coach O earlier this week. You know, we were talking today, and and he said he missed the the Florida game so badly. He watched it, you know, at his house with his dog, and he was just dying that he that he wasn't there. And he said on Saturday that the thing he loves most in the world about his job. Is going up to Coach O before the game and just, you know, sharing a moment with the other head coach, being on the field and just before the game starts, just how good of a feeling that is. So I know he's going to enjoy that tomorrow. Uh, and it, it really, I'm just so impressed with this guy and, and the job he has done so far this in his first year. So going back to LSU and uh, talking about all the losses that they've had from the coaching staff and the players. We know that coaching makes a difference. We've seen that with Sam Pittman. But also, you need talent. So what's been the bigger impact? Has it been the loss of coaches or the loss of players? I, it's the loss of players. And it, you, know, you lose five first-round draft picks. You lose 16 players that were drafted. Three additional players ran out of eligibility, including Randy Moss' son, Thaddeus. I mean, so they, you, know, you lose 19 guys that aren't on your two-deep that were in January in the national championship. And that, I still think LSU has a significant amount of talent, but they've got 17 true freshmen that have played so far. Typically, I mean, you look at Alabama, for example, who I know everybody compares themselves you know, to their program, or Clemson for that matter. Well, those two programs are playing a handful of true freshmen on an annual basis because, yeah, they lose a lot of talent to the, to the draft every year, But they don't lose as many bodies as LSU did. And so, I mean, I think that that's a big part of it is just that LSU is really young and inexperienced. But I do think that um, the cupboard is not there. I do think that they are still a talented football team and should be significantly better next year because all these guys had so much playing time this year.
1: I like getting the perspective of people that may not have a dog in the fight because this Arkansas and LSU game is considered a big rivalry, at least here in the state of Arkansas. you got the Battle of the Golden Boot Trophy and all of that. Uh, We had T-Bob A. Bear on the show on Wednesday, former LSU Tiger, and he was, of course, he loved the Golden Boot. He loved the rivalry. But in your opinion, when you see Arkansas and LSU, do you call it a rivalry? Do you think it's a rivalry? What do you make of this series and this matchup between these two teams?
0: Yeah, I I do. I've always thought of it as a rivalry. I mean, when I I think of the game, I think of um, the two-headed monster in the backfield in 2007 uh, running all over that eventual national championship LSU Tiger team in that epic overtime matchup in Baton Rouge and McFadden and Felix Jones going crazy in that game. But, yeah, I think of it as a, a rivalry game. I know LSU's had the upper hand the last four years. But just given where the programs are located and, you know, both being in the same division and typically the game coming at the end of the year, I do think of it as a rivalry game. And I love that Sam Pittman doesn't shy away from that. You know, you do you hear a lot of coaches say, oh, well, it's, I don't care if people see it as a rivalry or whatever. We have treated it like just another game. Sam Pittman doesn't want any of that. He, he wants to embrace the fact that this is a huge game for Razorbacks fans and, and trying to end that losing streak. And it's just crazy. I mean, you go back to last year and KJ Jefferson and uh, Coach lunny and the and the Arkansas team getting blown out by LSU as a forty-something point underdog, and and here they are in basically an even line. I know they opened the week as the favorite. It's just unbelievable how things have changed in the last twelve months.
1: Taylor, I'm curious, uh, what are your experiences in Fayetteville? I don't know how many games you've called in Fayetteville or anything yep. like that, but. Uh, what do you do when you go to Fayetteville, though, when you do these games? Is there any particular restaurants, anything that you end up doing while you're in Arkansas? Herman's. That's
0: where you I go. go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. I love coming to Fayetteville. I think it's an outstanding college town. And um, I've been probably, I don't know, four or five times in the last uh, couple of years to, to call games there and love the prime rib. At, at Herman's, <laughs> there's a. Um, there's a. I know this sounds almost absurd to say something like this, you know, but there is a, there is a guy that was our stage manager the last couple of years. Um a, he's a, a Cuban guy that is from Miami and he and he said, Taylor, the my favorite Cuban restaurant outside of Miami is in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I can't remember the name of it, but really? he's gone there a bunch too. Yeah. Huh. Um it's north of it's 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 up by that embassy sweet suite. suite usually stay in um it's not far from there but it's like north of of Fayetteville um it's a little bit out of town but we I can't remember the name of it but we've gone there several times too and it is it's phenomenal but um yeah maybe it's a touristy thing to do but I do I love her
1: <laughs> well no I was curious because I'm from Fayetteville and I hadn't heard about a Cuban restaurant that's up there not to say it doesn't exist but if that's the case then oh, I'm no, be missing yeah. out
0: yeah um, I'll I'll have to get this name for you the next time we're together, but um, it is it's okay. we we our entire crew went there last year, and it's delicious.
1: Well, maybe I'll have to try that when I make the trip up here this weekend, if that's, if it sounds good, because I'm a big fan of Cuban food for sure. So uh, real quick, though, Taylor, before we let you get out of here, man, you actually mentioned the word that's kind of been our word of the day. It's National Absurdity Day today. So we've been talking about absurd things in the world of sports. You've called a lot of games. You've been around a lot of games. Just in your opinion, what would you say is the most absurd thing you've ever seen in a game that you've called?
0: Besides the end of the Auburn-Arkansas game?
1: or <laughs> I mean, if that's your most absurd, for sure. It is. Wow. I mean,
0: you know, you got a guy that is clocking the ball backwards. You don't go over to Sam Pittman and say you're going to have a ten second runoff if you'd like to call a timeout. I mean, just the way that that game was botched, it was completely absurd. I have never seen anything like that, and I think you could hear it in my voice is as, uh, as I was making that call at the end of the game. But that was absurd. I mean, we know, I don't know if absurd would be the word um, I would use. But um, that LSU A&M seven, over t- oh, seven overtime game that I called uh, with Matt Stinchcomb a couple of years ago was crazy. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, that was pretty wild. But, yeah, no, I-, I can't think of anything that was more absurd than the end of the uh, Auburn game
1: yeah Razorback fans are still pretty bitter about it for sure but hey that's the way the games go unfortunately but Taylor we really appreciate you coming on with us man have a great time in Fayetteville and a great call this weekend and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road all right
0: always happy to do it thank you guys
1: We'll get into finishing off the top five Arkansas LSU games here in just a second. But first, though, folks, we like convenience. We like healthy things. It's going to be tough because it's it's bulking season. We got the holiday season coming up, but you still need to want to watch your weight, right? You want to make sure that you're not indulging too much in it. And Built Bar is what you need to do and what you need to eat to make sure you are getting all of that. They have 18 different flavors, which is absolutely amazing. They're covered in chocolate, so they're soft and easy to chew and they taste great. But the key is, is that they're low calorie and low sugar, while also being high protein and high fiber. It's great for all the keto diets or any diets out there. And right now, because you're listening to this podcast and we love you, if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. It's as simple as that. It takes no work at all. Promo code locked on. That's it. Just remember that locked on. Go to builtbar.com and you get 20% off. Easy, simple as that. Get it done, folks. At builtbar.com.
0: Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
1: All right, so here in the final segment, I, I got to quickly move through this, though, and I know that uh, I've been a little more detailed in my other Arkansas LSU games, but these ones are the, are the simple ones. It's the final two, two and one, because, uh, again, with the podcast and everything, we've had to do the countdown, and some of you have disagreed, some of you agreed, and all that, but let's just, let's just go ahead and get into it, all right? Number two. Actually, no, no, no. Before we do that, before we do that, we got to recap it, man. We got to recap what the games are. So, those of you who are just tuning in, uh, you know what I'm talking about. 2015, Arkansas and LSU, where Arkansas won in Baton Rouge, was my number five. 2008, the Miracle on Markham Part Two was number four. 2007, when Arkansas went down and beat LSU in three overtimes, when they were number one. My number two is 2010, Arkansas LSU in Little Rock at War Memorial Stadium. Where Arkansas got the victory and ended up going on to the Sugar Bowl. Now, some of you may say, well, I thought 07 would be higher than that one. Well, here's the thing: 07 wasn't a game of consequence. Like it didn't it didn't change anything. You went eight and four. It was a great game, but it wasn't a game of consequence. This one was. In 2010, going into that game, both Arkansas and LSU knew that the winner of that game goes to the Sugar Bowl. The winner of that game is considered the second best team in the SEC. And they go and into New Orleans, which is always a great thing during the BCS era. So you knew what was on the line. And Arkansas and LSU were pretty evenly matched as far as talent goes. It was a great game kind of back and forth in the first half especially. But the few plays that just stood out, and it only took a few plays, was number one, Kobe Hamilton going for 85 yards and a touchdown from Ryan Mount. Number two, right before halftime, Kobe Hamilton going for 80 yards roughly for another touchdown to... Get Pull Arkansas ahead going into halftime. And then the biggest one, in my opinion, fourth and three, Arkansas with Ryan Mount hits Joe Adams for a touchdown over the Honey Badger, who was a freshman then. Arkansas takes care of business. They do enough, exactly enough, to get the victory, and they head on to the Sugar Bowl, which we all know what happened there. But still, just an an enormously great game overall. That one's a simple one to me. But the number one, getting into that, go ahead. 2002. Miracle on Markham, I mean it has to be. There's no other options. And it, it, you talk about game of consequence. You knew what was on the line, the winner of the West. Whoever won that game goes to the SEC championship game. Arkansas has not been to the SEC championship game since 1995. And it was all on the line in that game going up against Nick Saban and the LSU Tigers, which we all know how good of a coach Nick Saban is. It, it wasn't a great game, per se. Arkansas's offense was atrocious. It was terrible in that game. And it really didn't seem like... They had any chance, but with Matt Jones at the helm, you can never rule anything out. And in this case, that's exactly what happened. Matt Jones makes the play to Richard Smith, where he actually underthrew him to get way downfield. Underthrew him would have been a touchdown right then and there, but that's okay because they move forward. They get going quick. They run another play, and it uh, is incomplete. But then the next play, of course, the infamous call from Paul Eels throws it into the end zone for Matt Jones, hits to Corey Birmingham for the touchdown, and unsportsmanlike sports-like conduct penalty happens, backs up the extra point. They still make it, end up getting the victory 21-20, and they head on to the SEC Championship game. I'll never forget what it was in the headline of the Democrat Gazette, Jones to Birmingham to Atlanta, and that's exactly what happened for Arkansas. It's a great game, great matchup, great moment, and Arkansas going to the SEC Championship game was a big deal for every reason that we all know. But, man, that was a lot of fun. Good times back then. Hopefully this one tomorrow will have another great matchup, and hopefully, just hopefully, Arkansas gets the victory and finally keeps the boot in Fayetteville. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.